Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Paskus, senior producer for the show Our Land, New Mexico's environmental past, present, and future on New Mexico PBS. It is October 19th, and you are listening to New Mexico in Focus, the podcast. So today, you're going to hear about the lower Rio Grande in southern New Mexico. This conversation goes along with one you might have heard last week on the podcast. Last week on Our Land, we talked about the fact that in New Mexico, rivers don't have any rights to their own waters. For that show, I talked with Audubon Southwest's Paul Tashtian. We hung out along the Rio Grande in Albuquerque. Now, even though it is the exact same river, the lower Rio Grande in southern New Mexico is very different. Today in southern New Mexico, the Rio Grande really only flows when its channel is used to convey water from Elephant Butte and Caballo Reservoirs to cities and farmers downstream. The rest of the year, that riverbed is almost always dry. So I talked with Esperanza Uriarte. She's the communications coordinator with Nuestra Tierra, which now oversees a restoration project along the lower Rio Grande. That's La Mancha Wetlands. In the conversation you're about to hear, she talks about how it feels for communities to have lost their river and how we can all envision a better future for that stretch of the Rio Grande. Esperanza, welcome to New Mexico in Focus. Thanks for having me, Laura. <laughs> so Nuestra Tierra does lots of great work in southern New Mexico. We actually did a show uh, a couple of years ago with Executive Director Angel Peña about public lands. Um, but today we're talking about the Rio Grande. Esperanza, I was wondering if you could start with just kind of describing for um, people who've never been there, kind of what the Rio Grande is like in southern New Mexico and as it flows into El Paso. Okay, so I, I grew up here um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and um, the river was always kind of a part of my life. Like we would visit my family and I um, and go on walks there. and. Uh, for someone who's never been here, the river isn't necessarily a river. Um, it's more of just like a dry um, river bank. Um, and then every summer, uh, we get really excited uh, at the news that the river is flowing. So um, EBID or Elephant Butte Irrigation District opens up their um, water flow uh, for mostly agricultural producers in the area. And then People um, like myself, I, I didn't grow up in a farming family, but get to enjoy the river flowing with water for about, um, it depends, it varies every year, but for about two and a half, three months um, from early summer to the end of summer. Um, and then when it is flowing, uh, you can imagine how how beautiful it is um, when it's full of water and it invites a lot of uh, bird life and other life to the river that you can see. There's pockets of it that do um, stay active, like Bosque State Park in the in Mesilla and um, La Mancha Wetlands, mm -hmm. which Nuestra Tierra recently uh, acquired. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, even who live in New Mexico, don't realize that the state's largest river often for most of the year doesn't actually isn't allowed to flow anymore in that part of the state um and so 
I have only recently been learning more about La Mancha Wetlands, which you, um, Nuestra Tierra manages. Can you describe that area and kind of the work that you've been doing there? Yeah, so um, La Mancha Wetlands was a project that was originally um, created by a different nonprofit that has since kind of retired. It was called um, Southwest Environmental Center. Uh, so they were really uh, focused on wildlife habitat restoration and just wildlife uh, conservation in general in the state of New Mexico. Uh, and I first went to La Mancha Wetlands as a teenager to volunteer for um, SWEC or Southwest Environmental Center. And um, at the time it was kind of like, a, it was it was just starting. They had just built these bird houses out there um, to try to invite, um, not bird houses, excuse me, bat houses to try to invite some um, marsupial like friends to make their homes out there. Um, and it's been an entirely volunteer run project um, with the help of SWEC since the beginning of creating this wetland alongside the Rio Grande, uh, Rio Grande or Rio Bravo or it, it, the, the river of many names. Um, and so it kind of just feels like this pocket of wilderness of, and it's, it's a really lovely place. And again, I just mentioned that I, I first went out there as a teenager. So it kind of has like a sentimental um, value to me in that it uh, is one of the few places that I've been able to experience what the river might have looked like before um, the construction of dams and before, um, yeah, we, we reshaped our relationship to the river as New Mexicans. Yeah, I love that you mentioned having a sentimental connection because we all know that these sorts of wetlands projects matter to wildlife and the ecosystem. But can you talk a little bit about that sentimental connection and what these sorts of restoration projects mean to people and communities? Yeah, I think um, I think the La Mancha wetlands definitely has for anyone who's been out there who has um, been connected to SWEC and now Nuestra Tierra. Um, probably knows is that these kind of pockets of uh, wetlands along the Rio Grande just remind us that um, that the river and this place that we call home now has been around for much longer than we have and that I, I think it definitely instills this like feeling of responsibility to take care of our environment and to be kind of active um, ecological citizens in our world. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, and that was one of the first few places where I, I started to begin to learn that as a, as a young adult, um, and something that I'm continuing to learn as someone working for an organization like Nuestra Tierra and getting involved with the volunteers out there, for sure. When you think about the future of the Lower Rio Grande and, you know, whether it's a wetland like La Mancha or the stretch as a whole, um, what do you sort of dream for that future? And how do you think we can move toward implementing something better for the, for the river in that area? Mm. Thank you for that question. Um, 
That's a big question. I think that it's important to remember that like the ecological change that we've seen in the last hundred years has been enormous and that it's not going to it's not going to take it's probably going to take double the amount of time if not more to ever go back to any sort of um pre-dam river and that may not necessarily be what we want either i guess my dream for the future of the lower rio grande valley is that this is a place where people cherish the river and understand that and understand its history and um, understand the relationship that original peoples used to have and continue to have with this river and are able to um, see it as, I guess, a character in our broader broader narrative as a town and ecosystem. I would say. Um, I would love to see more projects like this um, pop up, um, and I would also love to see more. I must. I I farm on a small scale, so I would also like to see um, young people who are interested in agriculture, um, kind of redefining what it means to have a relationship with water um, as stewards of the land. So, yeah, I, I my dream is that there could really be, you know, many stakeholders and many different ways of relating to water that come together to treasure it as a resource for this region. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Laura Paskus. Find more environmental content on New Mexico in Focus as part of our show, Our Land, New Mexico's Environmental Past, Present, and Future. You can find Our Land all over the place on the PBS video app, Instagram, YouTube, and you can subscribe to Our Land Weekly. Thanks for listening.